welcome to the Loud and Clear podcast. I am your host, Olivia Adams, and it is so good to be back in your ears. I've taken a few months off of the podcast for this summer. I was busy with my doctoral studies and I was doing some traveling for work. And so we took a break, but now we are back to recording and I'm so excited to be with you for another season of Amplifying the Voices of Women in Music. This year on the podcast, we are going to try something a little different. So instead of the regular interview style of podcasting that goes for 40 weeks straight, um, I found I was getting a little bit burnt out because it's a lot of work to prepare for the interviews, to record the interviews, edit them. You know, I'm sort of fostering this podcast episode from start to finish. So I'm exploring the idea of doing podcasting seasons. So this will still be a weekly podcast, but what will happen is that we'll do a set of podcasts focused around a theme and then take a little break so I can do some more recording, maybe do some interviews, and then come back with another set of weekly podcasts centered around a different theme rather than just starting in the fall and going for 40 weeks straight. This will help make the podcast more sustainable for me as I am still working full-time and also still a full-time student. So I've got a lot going on. And so it just makes it a little bit more manageable for me. This season, we are going to feature some new music as you already heard at the beginning of this podcast and also going to do some deep dive episodes on composers throughout history. So if you have been listening for any amount of time, you know that I love research. I have a master's in music research and research is like my favorite thing to do. It's my favorite job. I'm a big nerd and I'm not ashamed of that. So I want to share some deep dive episodes with you featuring different composers like the episode on Berta Alve de Souza. So throughout the next several weeks, we will learn about different women that have shaped music history. We'll learn about their music and explore resources. Now, just because I am taking some time to do this mini series does not mean that I'm not going to do interviews anymore. I love the interview style and it's so much fun and I get to meet really interesting people. Um, But this series on women throughout music history is one that I've wanted to do for a while, actually, since I started to collaborate with the SSO on the podcast. And so this seemed like the right time to do it. But if you are interested in being in the interview style and you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, sometimes I get people reaching out to me with a product they want to promote or a course they're launching or maybe a new set of works or a recording that they want uh, to come talk about on the podcast. And that's great. My guests were largely chosen because they were in relation to the shows that the Saskatoon Symphony Orchestra our title sponsor was doing. And then I had the liberty of slotting in different guests for weeks that there were no shows. So I scheduled in a lot of my friends and colleagues and people whose research and work I'd been following for a while, but I am always looking for uh, new content. So if you are interested in being a guest on the show, we now have a way to formally take in new guest inquiries. So if you head over to my website, oamusicstudios.ca slash podcast, and then click on the guest intake form. It will take you to a survey to fill out and then we can review it and see if it might be a good fit for our audience. 
What I thought might be fun is to share a few of my teaching resources and repertoire that I'm incorporating into my studio this year. The top question that I get through DMs or emails and asked about at conferences is repertoire. I love playing through new repertoire. I love teaching repertoire that is new to me. And I also love sharing about it. So let's dive into some repertoire. This year, I had the privilege of taking part in CNCM's, that's Canadian National Conservatory of Music, their Summer Sizzle Conference. It was a fabulous conference for teachers and it was also a music camp for kids running at the same time. It was honestly one of the highlights of my summer. I got to connect with so many amazing composers and colleagues. I participated in a trade show for the first time ever. I presented three sessions. I also got to perform a recital. It was just a blast. So one of the goals of Summer Sizzle is to connect composers with the musicians that play their music, which was really just a treasure. So I got to chat with a lot of composers at this event, like Martha Hill Duncan, Jen Smith Lanthier, Deborah Wanless, Wendy and Christopher Norton, Stella Terhart, and so many others. So that is his music I am bringing with me into my teaching this year. I live in Ottawa, Ontario, and every November we celebrate what is called Canada Music Week. Now I plan on doing a deep dive episode on Canada Music Week later on this year and explain how it got started, particularly which of the composers were behind the starting of Canada Music Week. But basically during Canada Music week, there are festivals, concerts, recitals, masterclasses, etc. all across the country playing the music of Canadian composers. So I always like to collect new music for my students to perform for those events that take place at the end of November. So this year, I'm using more of the Northern Lights collections. These are CNCM's anthologies of music, usually including more than 20 composers of various styles. All the books, I think, include 33 pieces of music all by Canadian composers, most of them living or if they're not living, they've recently passed. So there is a book of repertoire and a book of etudes for each conservatory level, as well as several collections of duets. I've been using CNCM materials for years and years, but I've added more of their graded collections to my library this year in anticipation of Canada Music Week. Another resource that I'm loving right now is Voyagers by Jen Smith Lenthier and Beth Hamilton. This is an excellent series of music designed for the very beginner students. It just came out this summer and there are two pieces representing each province and territory throughout the book. So some of them are improvisation outlines, some of them are lead sheets, and some of them are fully written out treble and bass clef pieces. The pieces are fun and imaginative, and it's cool to play a piece representing an element of a different province or territory. I thought this was such a fun collection. I'm always looking for good quality, entertaining pieces for my little beginners because the beginning method books can be quite boring, honestly. So lots of good quality supplemental material keeps it interesting. So I have really enjoyed using the Voyagers book this year so far. A composer that I had the pleasure of meeting this summer was Janet Geek, and I am enjoying her brand new collection called Mystery and Merriment. This book is filled with clever and fun tunes for prep to grade five. My students are really enjoying these pieces and sort of the characters that they bring out. They all do a wonderful job of storytelling. So thank you so much to Janet Geek for that awesome collection. 
Another collection that is more for my intermediate and into my advanced students is Martha Hill Duncan's The Pianist's Guide to the Universe. Martha just released this collection this summer and it is spectacular. So there's an intermediate collection called Sailing on the Solar Wind and an advanced collection called Spirals in the Sky. Martha is married to an astrophysicist, Dr. Martin Duncan. And so the two of them created this collection together and there's commentary about the galaxies portrayed throughout the music and all of the elements portrayed in the music. Martha writes, In this whimsical marriage of astronomy and music, my husband, astrophysicist Dr. Martin Duncan, and I have combined our talents to celebrate the beauty of the night sky and the magic of music. Volume 4, Spirals in the Sky, for advanced piano, celebrates the beauty and majesty of the trillions of galaxies that illuminate the structure of the visible universe. This is such a fabulous collection, and I cannot recommend it enough. I'm always interested in adding more improvisation and keyboard harmony skills to my teaching as I believe that keyboard harmony skills are among the most practical skills that we can teach our students. So some improvisation and keyboard harmony resources that I am using this year are Keyboard Harmony Books Numbers 1 to 4 by Deborah Wanless and Caroline Baring. I'm using Level 3 with my University Keyboard Harmony class and I start students in Grade 3 with the introductory level one book. I also love Andrea Dow's lead sheet collections over at Teach Piano Today. And of course, we also harmonize to a lot of popular music. Current favorites are Taylor Swift, anything Disney. And lastly, we love pattern play books in this studio by Forrest Kinney. They are favorites with my students and it gets them thinking creatively in different patterns, modes, and styles of improvisation. Okay, picture books. I have talked about my picture book collection here on the podcast before, but it is one of my favorite things that I implemented last year, thanks to my friend, Annalie Leptison. Music picture books are a great way to add some supplementary music history to your lessons, especially for younger students. It can be a way to spark discussions and also to introduce different stories and styles of music and ways of making music. We don't read the books in the lessons, but students check them out of my library. They read them at home on their own or with their parents. And then I ask them questions about it at their next lesson. If you are on the fence about a picture book library like I was, I'm here to tell you that it is worth the investment. It is easy to grow just a couple of books at a time over time. I did not know how it would spark questions about rhythm, music, history with my students. Some of my students ran right to the bookshelf at their first lesson back to see if there were any new titles that I added over the summer. So spoiler alert, there definitely was. So this summer I added a few new ones to my collection. Like I got The Rhythm by Connie Schofield Morrison, one that I have wanted to add for a while, Drum Dream Girl, kind of like one of the OG music picture books by Margarita Engel. And I added quite a few ones about jazz and rock and roll because I want to show my students all sorts of different styles of music. So we have Little Rosetta and the Talking Guitar. I added uh, Harlem's Little Blackbird. I added Before John Was a Jazz Giant. So those are just a few new titles that I've added and I'll make sure to have all of those links If you're curious, I get most of my books from the authors themselves when I can because it helps to support them rather than just Amazon. And I use Book Outlet, which is discounted books, usually overstock, returned items, or books from 
a store that's closed out. So their inventory is always fluctuating, but I can usually get the books for at least 50% uh, off of the list price. So that's the website that I use and I'll make sure to link that. Okay, so other things that I am incorporating this year into my studio. Well, this year our studio focus is on growth mindset. So we have a plant theme going on in, in my studio and this will be incorporated into our nature themed recital in the spring. Dr. Marlene Trump lists the key elements of growth mindset. And in my studio, that's what we're focusing on. So the elements are intelligence can be developed. A growth mindset embraces challenges. A growth mindset persists in the face of setbacks, sees effort as a path to mastery, and learns from criticism. I want my students to develop these five attributes as skills that will help them not just in music, but also in life. So we're going to focus on one of each of these concepts every month and we'll discuss them in our lessons and try to be reminded of them throughout our learning journey. I think that in music, it is often looked at from a talent perspective rather than a skill perspective. Like you have so much talent or wow, I sure wasn't blessed with all that talent, etc. And yes, talent can play a role in a lot of musical success. But what I want to instill in my students is the effort and the skill of getting good at something. I don't feel like I was one of those naturally talented musicians. Getting through my music degree required a ton of practice and hard work. It took a lot to prepare those auditions. It took so much to prepare all of the recitals. I had to overcome incredible nerves and fear when performing. And while I have come to know it as a basic part of my job, and it has gotten easier over the years, I don't attribute that to talent. I think it's a lot of effort and hard work. And I think if you talked to most musicians that they would echo the same thing using what I call a yet mentality where it's not, I can't, but I can't yet performing doesn't feel easy yet that yet can change the context of an entire sentence. So that is sort of what we're focusing on in my studio this year. So things that I'm adding to help my students with growth mindset. One is just a fun feature wall in my studio. I posted a video of it on Instagram, but I got this idea of a feature wall with students' pictures from my friend Karen Garrelis, where she added pictures and names of all her students to the wall to signify that they're part of a wider musical community. So this year, I designed and laminated a banner that says we are a garden of possibilities. And then I laminated pictures of potted plants and wrote each student's name on a pot and taped it up to my wall. I plan on adding Polaroid pictures to each plant so that students can see that they're a part of a bigger musical community and that we're in this together. So that is just sort of a, a reminder, like we're a garden of, of possibility and to see the possibility in their music lessons. So the other thing that I've added is a piano goal tracker or piano goal garden is sort of what we're calling it. So each of my students has a binder. So it goes in the front of their binder and it says their 2023 piano gold tracker planting seeds of success. And it has a bunch of plants and seeds and gardening tools on the page. And there's a place for their name and it reads students X's 
musical garden. And then there are a bunch of squares for key signatures that they've learned um, their technical exercises in and um, boxes for the pieces that they've learned where we'll add stickers. Now, the goal is not to fill up the whole chart completely, although I think that my younger students will have no problem because of course their pieces are, are much shorter. I'm not expecting my older students that are studying for their ARCT to be, uh, you know, learning 20 some pieces, but I do expect that my younger students will fill it out. But the goal is to use this chart to help them track their musical progress and see that they've, they have planted seeds and it will help them see their growth over the year. So below that at the bottom of the page is a blank space for them to write their musical goals. And so I will have all of these sheets as downloads on my website. If you go to OA Music Studios slash products, I will have them as free downloads. So you can add those to your studio. I'll add the banner and the plants. So you can go check that out. And I would love to see how your feature wall turns out. The other plant themed idea that I'm adding this year is the Beat the Bean Challenge by Andrea Dow. Andrea Dow is from Teach Piano Today. And this is something that we're going to incorporate in the spring. So the way it works Works is that each student chooses a short-term goal that can be achieved within a two-week period. So they're learning to set goals that are not like, I'm going to complete this whole book of music or I'm going to learn 25 pieces, but you know, could I get this piece memorized for the recital, you know, within a two week period. They're going to write their goal and name on the front of a Ziploc bag. Then you take a moist paper towel and place a scarlet runner bean seed inside that paper towel and stick it in the Ziploc bag. Then each student takes it home and pastes it to their window, preferably somewhere by where they practice. And their goal is to complete their practice goal before the bean sprouts. It's first fully opened leaf, thus beating the bean. Those are just three of the many ways that I'm incorporating ideas surrounding growth in my studio. I would love to hear what you are adding to your studio this year or some other ways you help to promote growth mindset in your students. Okay, well, friends, I hope your musical year is off to a great start. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and what music you're enjoying listening to or playing, what you're incorporating into your studio this year, or what guests you'd like to hear from. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast, and I will be back here next week with our first installment of the music history, or should I call it music history series, and we are going to be talking about the incomparable Florence Beatrice Price. I cannot wait to dive into that episode with you. Before we go, can you please do me a big favor? Follow and subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. All you need to do is click the plus sign in the Apple Podcasts or hit follow on Spotify. It helps you never miss an episode and it helps us to get in front of new listeners. Please share your favorite episode with someone you think might enjoy hearing this. So thanks for tuning in this week. I am so excited to be back in your ears. We so appreciate you listening. My name my name is Olivia Adams. This is loud and clear. Oh, it feels so good to say that again. Take care and we'll see you back here next week. Bye for now.